Not Common Sense, a podcast created to help you cut through the crap and feel confident in your finances. Get ready to be a money savvy genius because you're about to receive the financial education you've always needed. In this episode, we are talking to the founder of Money After Graduation, Bridget Casey. Bridget holds a BSc from the University of Alberta and an MBA in finance from the University of Calgary. She's regularly featured as a millennial finance expert as a guest on BNN and CBC and was recognized as one of Alberta's top young innovators in 2016. Very impressive. Hello, Bridget. So excited to talk to you today. Awesome. I'm excited to talk to you. So today we're going to give our listeners the ins and outs of credit, what it is, how it works, and how it affects your life, because you shouldn't be left in the dark about something that is so important. Credit scores are the most important rankings you get as an adult because it affects so many personal and financial outcomes, getting a job, renting an apartment, getting a mortgage, and yet not a lot of millennials know what it's all about, let alone what their credit score is. Where do you get your credit score? How do you check your credit score? And what on earth does it mean to have a good or bad credit score? But before we get into answering those questions, let's start at the beginning. First things first, Bridget, what even is credit? Uh, Well, credit is what you're allowed to borrow. So essentially, your credit score is an assessment from lenders of how good you are at managing debt. And it's the metric that they use to decide if they're going to give you more credit so you can ring up more debt to use. (laughs) And why does credit even matter then? (laughs) Because we live in a time where it's difficult to afford things without using credit. And Mm. credit isn't a bad or good thing. It can be bad if it turns into debt that's difficult to manage, but often credit is really good because you can use credit to leverage what you have to afford more. So you need credit in order to buy a house. Like borrowing money for a mortgage is using credit. Borrowing money to go back to school for student loans is a form of using credit. So we need credit in order to achieve some of the big milestones that we want in our life. The only time Mm -hmm. it turns bad is if it becomes a debt that we cannot manage. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm sure not many listeners have $400,000 just, you know, chilling in their bank account. That's why credit is good. (laughs) So according to Ipsos, around 80% of Canadians own a major credit card, but seven in 10 of them, I'm one of those seven, don't know what their current credit score is. Um, Like, I honestly have no idea what mine is right now. I know that my credit score was considered bad when I first, when I checked it for the first and honestly only time to sign a lease on my apartment. I think back then it was like 600 something, but thankfully I had a roommate who had a good credit score. Hers was around 700 something. So like what situations in life do I need to show my credit score other than renting an apartment? Because in the past three years, no other opportunities have really presented itself. That's also probably why your credit score is bad, actually, is because you're not using it. Um, We need credit mainly to get debt. It's how we're assessed for loans. And now, like, for renting an apartment is actually quite new. It used to be in the past that employers and landlords didn't look at your credit, and now it's very common for them to ask for that. So the uses of credit is extending beyond just borrowing money and it is becoming how to get an apartment. I, I'm not really sure why employers check it, but sometimes they do and they can. So it does matter for all of these things. It's mm-hmm. actually very easy to cl- 
uh, check your credit score and you can do it for free. In the past, you weren't able to you used to fill out these forms, mail them in. It cost you $30. It was super annoying. But now there's tons of little fintech startups that will let you access your uh, credit score for free. And you can get an update on it every month or even every week. I personally use one called uh, BorrowWell and they email me my credit score every week and my full credit report. So it's very, it's very easy to check. There's no reason why you shouldn't know it. But on that note, I also want to emphasize that you don't need to worry about it unless you are borrowing money or doing something like renting an apartment. Your credit score will fluctuate and it doesn't actually matter what it is unless you need a good credit score for something that you're doing. So if you're thinking of buying a car or buying a house or you are applying for a new job, those are the times when you want to make sure that your credit score is as high as possible. But if you're not borrowing any money and not making any big life transitions, it really doesn't matter what your credit score is. Okay. And good to know that it's so much more accessible now. Cause I just remember the struggle was real when I was trying to figure it out a couple of years ago. So good to know. Um, and also I've heard that many other countries like Japan and France don't even have a credit scoring system. Is this true? Like, why is it so important here in Canada and North America? Uh, they don't have the same numerical credit scoring system that we do, but that doesn't mean that they don't assess the same things before they lend you money. So I think Japan and France, they don't give you like a number between 300 and 900 like we do, but mm -hmm. they will still look at things like your salary history and what other loans you have before they lend you more money. The credit scores in North America are just distilled down to a number that has that information baked into it. Mm -hmm. And other countries still assess the same things. It's just not reflected in a, a number the same that we are. But don't don't think you're like free of credit assessments in those countries. That's that's not true. They just look at it differently than we do. All right. Let me just take back my immigration application. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, so another stat that I heard was um, from Ipsos, and they said that 72% of consumers know that lenders and financial institutions look at credit scores during a loan application process, for example, but most Canadians actually don't know who else is looking at their credit score, which kind of like floored me a bit. And I did some digging and found more stats, but I'd love to hear it from you. Who else is looking at our credit scores then? Uh, utility and telecom companies will look at your credit score. So even if you're mm -hmm. doing something as simple as setting up power at your apartment, uh, your credit score can impact like the type of plan you're eligible for, whether you can pay monthly or you have to do a whole year up front. Uh, as you said, landlords can check your credit. That's very common actually now for a landlord to ask for your credit report or credit score mm -hmm. because of course they want to make sure that you will pay your rent on time. And also what's quite new is for employers to look at your credit score. So it seems like more and more people are checking it. So it is becoming more important. Mm -hmm. But I think most people didn't realize anyone was looking at it except for banks, because previously only banks were the ones that were looking at it. Yeah, no, seriously, like the statistics show that actually like from Mogo, they share that 81% of Canadians don't realize that their employer can check their credit score. And then 61% of Canadians didn't know that their landlords could even look at their credit score. Like I actually had a friend who just moved in to my building and um, she was kind of freaking out because she's like, why is he asking for my credit score? And I'm like, oh, that's normal. Like they asked me too. She's like, I didn't know that. So yeah, like, do you, I was asked, it's, it's very normal. So 
yeah, you should definitely expect if you're renting that your landlord will ask for it. And I mean, yeah. if you're buying a place, your mortgage lender is going to ask for it. So when it comes to where you're living, your credit score is very important. Mm-hmm. But why would you like, why do you think that there's such little knowledge about these important things? Like how come Canadians don't know? <laughs> Maybe they don't move very much. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, To be fair, um, finance as a whole is very complex and there's lots Mm. of pieces. I don't expect every Canadian to know every single aspect of every part of personal finance. Many people aren't aware of something until they have to go through it. And landlords asking for your credit score, I feel like has really become common in the past three to five years. Prior to that, (laughs) it wasn't as much. So if you haven't moved recently... You, you wouldn't know, but now, now definitely you should accept it. Yeah, for sure. And I love how you mentioned, um, that, you know, checking your credit score is important, especially if you have like big, uh, purchases coming up, but if not like, say like, I don't know what's happening in the next five years of my life. How often should I still be checking my credit score? I mean, like I said, I get mine, uh, emailed to me weekly from Orwell. <laughs> I think that's like excessive. You don't need to know that. Uh, You should be checking it, I would say, like, ideally monthly to quarterly. And the reason for that is just because you want to make sure there's no errors on your credit report, because that will be immediately reflected in your credit score. Mm -hmm. Um, Because fraud is a big concern, especially with all the digital uh, uses that we have for our credit and debit cards now. And if someone has opened a credit card in your name and you're like the victim of identity theft and they start like, and this has happened to me, like I've had my credit card stolen before and there was like multiple charges from a Nordstrom in Ohio (laughs) on my credit card. And I'm like, I didn't buy all these things in Ohio. I mean, the balances were quite high. So I'm sure if, if it was me, I would have purchased something similar from Nordstrom, but it wasn't. (laughs) And just checking your credit score will let you know if there's any kind of illegal activity going on it. And that will help you like manage your finances. It's actually an excellent way to see if you are the victim of identity theft, because your credit score will respond very quickly to any fraud on your account. So you should absolutely be checking it regularly, even if you have no major purchases coming up. Okay. That's very... That's very smart. Yeah. Cause I have so many credit cards that I honestly lose track of like the purchases on there. Okay. Yeah. Careful. You're hurting me. Joy, <laughs> <laughs> after this conversation, I'm sure I'm going to be a totally new person. <laughs> so what is considered a good credit score and how does someone know if they've had, um, bad credit scores? Cause I know I've heard that not paying your credit card on time definitely affects your credit score. Yeah. So the credit ranking system, like you're assigned essentially a number from 300 to 900. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they pick that scale. It's, it's just the scale they pick, I guess, maybe to not make anyone feel bad. If you're <laughs> actually at a zero, it, it will look like a 350. So you don't feel that crushing guilt of like a bad <laughs> exam score. Um, anything over 800 is considered absolutely excellent credit. Mm-hmm. Anything above 700 is fairly good credit. Um, and anything below 600 is considered bad credit. If you're in the 400, 500 range, it's terrible. Most Canadians actually have a fair to good credit score. I think I was just checking it before this podcast. And I think it said only 20% of people have a score below 600. So most people are doing fairly well. And if your credit is low, it's actually quite easy to fix and bring up that score pretty quickly. 
Okay. That's reassuring and hopeful. Cause I, unfortunately, am part of that 20%. So <laughs> I'm determined to make it to the 80% now. <laughs> okay. Do, do you want to talk about how there are some ways to do that and what actually makes up your credit score? Yeah, of course. And actually, like, I also want to debunk one more rumor because I've heard that having too many credit cards or applying for too many at a time or even like canceling credit cards too often can negatively affect your credit score. Um, Like, is there any truth to that? Uh, So those are three different things that's happening there. (laughs) Some of it is true and some of it it is not. So having lots of credit scores our credit cards does not negatively impact your credit score. In fact, having lots of credit is usually very good for your credit score. Um, Continuously applying for credit though. So applying Mm -hmm. for more and more credits, the cards that is bad that every, every time you apply for any type of credit, it does decrease your score a few points in the application. So having a lot is good applying for a lot is bad. So yeah, you can see. So say no to those credit cards that offer like freebie. Yeah. So applying for that would ding your credit uh, score a little bit and take a few points off. And, and anytime you apply for a loan, even if you apply for a loan and it's declined, Mm -hmm. that will negatively impact your credit score. Um, Closing a credit card or a line of credit will temporarily lower um, your credit score as well, because what it does is reduce the amount of credit you have open to, because what your credit score, a huge part of your credit score is based on is how much you're using the credit that's available to you. So if you have 12 credits cards, but you don't carry any balance, your credit score is really good. And as soon as you close one of those cards, the amount you have available to you goes down. And so your credit score will be lowered. A lot of people like over worry about this though, and they become like afraid of closing a credit card that they don't use. I mean, if you have a credit card open and you never use it and it's like charging you an annual fee, like just close it and take like the five or 10 or 15 point hit to your credit score. And it, it will come back elsewhere. Like, I don't want you to make, keep all this credit open just to protect Mm -hmm. your credit score. Like you still have to be practical (laughs) for what you need in your finances. So yeah. So anyway, the answer is having lots of credit cards. Good. Applying for lots of credit cards, bad. Closing credit cards, temporarily bad, but overall not detrimental to your credit score. Okay, got it. That definitely clears a lot of things up. And I feel like the last two are definitely things that I've fallen victim to and probably the reasoning behind my poor credit score. So if someone like me um, does have bad credit, how can they improve it? And yeah, what else affects it in the first place? So the main thing that uh, affects your credit score even more than how much credit you have and how much you're using is your payment history. And Mm -hmm. that's really easy to take care of. The easiest way to improve your credit score is just to pay all your bills and pay them on time. And that's the most important thing. As soon as a payment is late or if a credit card goes to collection, that's when you're in trouble. And this again is why you should check your credit report. Often, and this has happened to everyone, myself included. Sometimes we close a credit account and we forget about it and it can accrue interest even on the tiniest amount. I remember one time I had something like 60 cents on a credit card. Like I thought I had pulled it, paid it off in full, but there was 60 cents unpaid. Two years later, it was over $2 and it had gone to collections. And so this tiny little balance had impacted my credit score, something like hundred points. It was absolutely ridiculous. And 
that that's what really negatively impacts your credit score. So check your credit report, see if there's any uh, credit cards or lines of credit where you've missed payments, you're behind, or you need to just pay up and close it. Mm-hmm. Just simply taking care of that will make the hugest difference. Um, the only downside of this and the one thing I want to point out because people get very eager about fixing their credit is it does take about 30 to 45 days after your statement for your credit issuer to update the balance with the credit bureau. So you might uh, pay down a credit card or pay off a balance. And then you have to like wait and wait and wait until they actually issue your next statement and then report it to the credit bureau. So sometimes you don't see the change in your credit score for up to 45 to 60 days. But as long as you're making your payments on time and nothing's behind or in collections, that's the easiest way to build up your uh, credit history. The second thing is the length of credit history and the utilization that you have. So the longer you have, a credit card or line of credit. And again, that length of the payment history, the longer you've been making regular payments, that's really important and how much credit you're using. So you should be keeping your credit utilization ideally under one third of the available balance. So if you have a credit card with a $3,000 limit, try not to carry more than $1,000 on it at a time. If you're over $1,000, pay it down till you're under that amount and you'll see your credit score jump right up. And the other things that can impact your credit score, not as much as the ones we previously talked about, but can still give you a little boost is credit inquiries. So that's applying for credit. So if you don't need another credit card, don't sign up for one at the mall. (laughs) Just just walk by them. If you don't need it, don't sign up for a department store credit card to get 20% off your purchase. Like just say no, all those credit inquiries are bad for your score. So don't don't add them on. And then also one thing that affects your credit score is the types of credit you carry. So the more different kinds of credit you have, Mm -hmm. the better it is. So most people on their credit report will see something like credit cards and uh, their phone bill and maybe a utilities bill. If you also have like student loans and an auto loan and a mortgage, like that diversity is actually pretty good for your credit score as well. Again, these things don't impact it as much as just paying your bills on time for a long time. Uh, But these are the things that, that impact it overall, like when you're young, because how long you've had credit and that payment history matters so much, it's hard to have a good credit score. So if you're in your Mm twenties and you're like, why is my credit score so low? It's because you don't have a long credit history. Once you're in your late twenties or early thirties, and you really have that six, seven, eight years of credit history, you'll see your credit score is probably a lot more robust and higher than it was when you were younger. So don't want young people to beat themselves up for having a bad credit score. It really is like, it really is just time and being good over a long period of time. (laughs) That makes sense. I actually like heard growing up that, um, you should get a credit card as soon as you turn 18, but not use it in order to build credit, like to build good credit. Do you think that's a good strategy then? Yeah. I mean, getting a small, like no fee cashback card with a very low limit, like maybe one or $2,000 when you're 18 and even just like using it for essential purchases, like buying groceries and then paying it off. That's a great way to kickstart your credit history when you're young. This podcast is sponsored by Coho. Do you know where your credit score stands? In the 700s, the 500s, the 300s? No judgment and no worries because Coho is here to save the day. Coho is a banking alternative without the banking BS. 
Instead of pesky fees and complicated jargon, they offer a free checking account where you can earn interest and cash back. But that's not all they do. Coho also has a credit building feature that improves your credit score in just six months for just $7 a month. No hard credit checks, no hidden fees, no stress. It's literally the easiest way to grow your credit score. Sign up for Coho and try credit building today. Your future self will thank you. When it comes to like checking your credit report for the first time, um, what can one expect or is there anything that they need to look out for? Well, what you want to see on your credit report and what it should give you is all the loans and lines of credit that you have outstanding in your name. It will also tell you of any credit inquiries that you've made in the past few years. So those can be anything from like applying for utilities at a new apartment to actually opening a new credit card or applying for a loan. And it will give you the payment history for each of those, as well as the current balance. Like I said, the current balance can be delayed um, 30 to up to 60 days, depending on if the lender has reported to the credit bureau. So don't like panic if you look at your uh, credit report and the loan, the loan balance on your student loans is from like two months ago. That doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just, it just takes some time to update, but you do want to see that all the loans and lines of credit are actually yours that you're aware of, that the amounts are correct and that the payment histories are correct. Mm -hmm. If you see anything on there where you're like, I don't recognize this credit card. I have no idea uh, what this is for. You want to look into if it's something you just forgot about, or it is an instance of fraud. Um, You also want to make sure, and this is so important, that your name and address are all correct because your credit score is tied to your SIN number. So you want it to be correct to you. We live in a day and age where like lots of people have the same names. You can even have the same name as someone in the same city. So make sure your credit report and the data on it is all yours and it's not a mix of yours (laughs) and someone else with the same name. So it's just really important to make sure all the information is correct. And then if you are checking it regularly, making Mm -hmm. sure that it's updated as you're making payments on these balances, make sure that they're going down and they're being reported correctly to the credit bureau. Mm -hmm. Got it. And like clearly checking your credit score regularly is important, but I've heard some talk that actually that checking your credit score affects the credit score. Is that true? It depends on the kind of check that you're doing. So the check that I'm talking about using a platform like BorrowWell, it's it's what's called a soft hit on your credit. And that means it looks at it, but it doesn't impact the score. If you're doing a hard hit on your credit, and that's usually an application for credit, that's the one that can uh, impact your score. But we're really talking about a few points. I mean, you definitely don't want to do a hard hit on your credit every single month. But if you have a bank, check your credit score before they give you a loan, like that that's fine. It will go down a little bit, but that's it. But just getting your credit score emailed to you every uh, week or every month, that's not going to impact it in any way. Okay, perfect. Now back to earlier in our conversation, um, credit obviously affects a lot of things in people's lives. So how and why does it dictate loans, interest rates, jobs, mortgages, and everything we talked about? Uh, the reason for that is because when a lender a bank or a financial institution or your landlord or utilities company is extending credit to you, they're Mm -hmm. taking on risk. Like their risk is that you won't pay it back. And 
whether or not they can trust you determines like how generous they're going to be with their money. So having a good credit score means you'll get more favorable lending terms and that could just be a better term of the overall loan. It could be a lower interest rate. And for you as a borrower, this is really important. Things as small as 1% on an interest rate can add up to thousands or tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars over time. It really is in your financial best interest to have the best credit score possible because it will make borrowing money more affordable because your lender trusts you to pay it back. When you have a low credit score, you will be penalized for that and you're penalized financially with higher interest rates and less favorable loan terms. I mean, the ultimate irony of this setup is usually people who have very good credit are like have money that makes it really easy to maintain it. And people who have low credit are often struggling and then it's an additional burden. So it's not necessarily fair, but I mean, the lender gets to decide their risk level and, Mm -hmm. and that's where it comes from. Got it. So basically it helps with people's trust issues. (laughs) It helps with people's trust issues. I mean, it, it sounds emotional, but it's not, it's, it's a statistic. It's based on math. People Mm -hmm. with these credit scores tend to repay this amount. And if you're a low risk borrower, lenders are going to be eager to lend to you because you're a good investment for them. So Mm -hmm. that's the reason. Got it. That makes sense. Now, what if someone is being told to get a loan in order to improve their credit? Like I've heard so many people say, consolidate this and consolidate that. It, it's true. <laughs> it can work. Um, okay. And it's a good idea. Like, but you have to be responsible in managing your debt overall. Like you have to be very committed to this. Mm-hmm. I definitely am a fan of people consolidating high interest debt to a low interest line of credit. I think that's a very good financial move. Not only is it good for your credit score, it reduces your cost of borrowing. It can shorten your loan term. Like overall, it can have a lot of positive impacts. The concern I have with people opening new credit to deal with old debts is it often just turns into more debt. Most statistics in finance actually show that most people will use up whatever credit is available to them. And so taking out a loan, often many people are disciplined to transfer their credit card balances over, but then they go ring up their credit card. So if you're considering doing this, like make sure you've already disciplined yourself over three or four months that you're consistently paying off debt and you're like, okay, I I am responsible enough to take on more credit. And chances are, as you're paying off debt, your lender's going to offer you more credit anyway. They love to do that. If you pay down your credit card, like $2,000, the first thing they're going to do is email you and say, would you like a (laughs) $5,000 line of credit? Like, they, they will just give it to you. You don't have to necessarily go seek it out. Just mm-hmm. be very responsible with what you're paying down. And like banks come running to people with good credit scores. <laughs> yeah, no, that happens to me all the time. Like every time, like these credit cards, like let's up your credit. I'm like, I don't need more, but <laughs> makes well, sense. Well, but if you're trying to improve your score, for example, and mm-hmm. they do send you an email that's like, let's up your credit limit that will actually improve your score probably like 20 to 30 points if you just click yes because it will oh. lower it will lower your credit utilization right if you're carrying yeah. a balance but then you increase the limit the percent that you're using goes down so it will work out so you like it is very easy to game your credit score if that's what you do if you are focused on 
I need a better credit score because I have a specific goal in mind, you Mm -hmm. can game it with things like that. When they offer you a higher limit, you just click yes and Mm -hmm. your credit score will jump. Um, but like you said, if you don't need that higher limit, if you're not going to use your credit score for anything, like you don't have a big purchase coming up, then yeah, you don't have to take it. People really worry either not at all or too much about their credit scores Mm -hmm. and you have to be aware of it, but don't let it dominate your life. Okay. Got it. No, that's so good to know. I'm definitely part of like the ignorance is bliss <laughs> equation of people. Um, but no, that that's definitely helpful information. If you don't need it. I mean, like take care of it. So it's good for when you do need it, especially because it does take time to bring up a credit score. Like if you are thinking, oh, I want to buy a house next year, mm-hmm. like you might need six to eight months to get your credit in good shape. If it's not if it's not good. Um, but it definitely is easier to have good credit and then want to get something and all your ducks are in a row. So, I mean, don't let it dominate your life, but make sure it's something that you're taking care of. Yeah. So important. Well, Naomi, I think you should explain to me why you don't find your credit score stressful or if you do or why you're considering it now. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So yeah, for most of my, when it comes to like finances for me, like ignorance is bliss. Uh, like even honestly paying off my credit cards, I, so I always paid off in full, but never on time, which is why when you said how important it is to pay on time. I'm just like, write that down, highlight it in like yellow. (laughs) Cause my bad. Um, so yeah, even with, with credit scores, I'm like, oh, I'll be like living in this apartment for a while. But now I'm actually coming uh, to a point in my life where um, me and my roommate are going to move out and, you know, I'll have to start a new season in my life. I actually want to move to the state. So actually a question mm-hmm. is, does your credit transfer with you when you move to a different country in North America? Or is, does, do I get to start brand new and fresh? <laughs> uh, it's a mix. It kind of depends on the country that you go to, but usually they'll require you to start anew and build a credit history in that country. So I used to live in the United States and my credit was largely separate between Canada and the United States. Mm -hmm. What it did is having a credit history in Canada did make it easier to get like my first credit card in the United States, but it didn't like nothing ports over totally. It is like you're starting uh, from scratch in, in a new country. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I definitely had a lot of like stress and anxiety about, yeah, my credit score, especially like with this, with a new uh, season of life beginning, but this conversation has definitely helped me to calm down that anxiety and realize that it can be fixed. It'll take time, but it can be fixed. (laughs) It can't. It can be fixed. And that's what I try to tell people on all like my channels where I give uh, personal financial, financial advice, because people are so stressed out about their Mm -hmm. finances and credit scores especially because I think it's a very clear metric. And with the numbers, we've associated the actual words like good, bad, mm-hmm. and excellent. So people internalize that so much because our money is really tied to our sense of self-worth. Like we use finances as a measuring stick for everything because it's a reflection of your job and then what job do you have and how smart are you? Obviously smart, best people get paid the most money, which isn't true, but that's how we, we interpret it and carrying a lot of debt, um, as well. People tend to internalize that as very negative. And I was bad. I made mistakes. I rang up my 
credit cards irresponsibly. And then not only are you dealing with all this uh, credit card debt, you get this score that literally says you are bad <laughs> because of what you've done. So um, credit and credit scores, I know, cause so much mental anguish for people. And that's why I try to emphasize that if you're not applying for more debt, it doesn't actually matter. And you don't have to internalize this number as a metric of your self-worth because it's not and actually no part of your financial life is a reflection of your value as a person or the decisions that you made so please don't use this as a tool to beat yourself up and again just like you said it is something that can be fixed and I want Mm -hmm. people to look at that even if the first time they open their credit score and it's like way in the red it's like bad credit (laughs) like terrible (laughs) Um, it is something that you, that you can fix and it is quite easy to fix. It does just take time. And the reason I don't like when people do internalize credit scores as bad or good reflections of who they are is because it's also not an accurate reflection of how good you are with money. Because for example, if you always had the cash on hand to pay with for everything and you just never wanted to use debt, Mm. you would have a really bad credit score. Your credit would be awful because they're like, this person never borrows money. (laughs) Um, And whereas someone can be like, they are always carrying debt. They're never paying off their credit cards in full. And they have like student loans, car loans, like every kind of loan that they would get and their credit score could be perfect because they're always using debt. And if they're (laughs) just making those minimum payments, lenders love them. So I do want people like overall to try, and I know it's virtually impossible to do, but try to detach your emotions from money and especially a metric like credit that it's throwing those words bad or good in your face because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't reflect that. And even if you have had a lot of debt and your credit score is bad, and even if that was because you made poor financial decisions, everything is fixable, especially if you're young, especially if you're young, it's so easy. And you can really go from bad to good credit to excellent credit in a year in less than a year, as long as you take the steps to do so. Mm -hmm. That's so reassuring to hear. Yeah, when I think of credit and credit scores and credit reports, it always brought back that anxiety of being a student and in school, like when you get your report card, and I'm like, am I going to be a good student? Like, do I have A's, B's? Um, It is. It is exactly like that. It feels like you're getting a grade on how you're doing life. It's like, how are you doing adulthood? Here is your (laughs) numerical grade. And that like, it feels that way and it feels like it was designed that way, but it's not entirely correct. And you don't, you don't have to accept it. Like you can just detach yourself and say, this number does not say who I am as a human being and recognize for what it is. What it reflects is how good you are at managing debt. Only Mm -hmm. people who are trying to get you into debt really care about it. So that, and that's how you should see it too, as not a reflection of how well you're doing adulthood, but like how well lenders want to get you into debt. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And I think that's so important for like everyone listening to hear, and hopefully we can all come to that understanding and release that stress and anxiety. So taking into account everything that we talked about in this episode, what is the main thing that you think people should know about credit? Please check it regularly. <laughs> So you know what it is, so you can Mm -hmm. take care of it. And please do take care of it. Don't agonize 
over it, but take care of it. Think of it like a plant that you just water occasionally and then it looks nice in your home. Your plant doesn't make your home, but it adds to your home. And so you should take care of it. And yeah, just protect it because it's better for you financially in the long run. Having good credit will get you the apartment you want, will get you the home you want, will get you the car you want at a low interest rate. Mm-hmm. It will make it easier to do the things that you want to do in your life. So take it seriously, but don't let it dominate your life. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think it's so important for us to have these conversations with our own friends and like our own friend groups. Um, so what is something like one thing that listeners should share with their friends who may know absolutely nothing about credit like I was when we first started this conversation? You should all just get your credit reports together. You can like sit down Make it a and party. Yeah, I mean, I think we should be more transparent about our finances because I also mm-hmm. think that in this culture of shame and taboo around talking about money, especially talking about debt, which is mm-hmm. what your credit score will reflect, is we tend to think that we're doing worse than everyone else when the reality is most people are kind of all in the same boat. Yeah. And being a little bit more open about that is, is really good because it makes people feel less alone. And then you can also share what you're doing and what's working for you. And if someone is doing really well, like if your friend shows up to your credit party and their score is like eight ten, you can say how, like, how did you do that? How did you get there? And sometimes it's nice to get like real tactics and advice from a friend rather than just like googling at 3 a.m through tears how do I fix credit <laughs> yes I feel like everyone should throw a credit and cocktails party you know I love that <laughs> credit and cocktails is perfect let's make that a thing well thanks again for for your time and for taking the time to educate me and our listeners on this very important um conversation of course it was very fun Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) It's important to know how to access your credit score and what it's about, but that info isn't always readily available. This episode is all about helping you figure out how important it is, how you can take more control of your credit and feeling better about how it affects your life without the hassle. We know that you probably have some debt hanging over your head. So next episode, we're going to discuss how to get your debt under control. If you want some extra help with your debt, sign up for Coho Premium to get personalized financial coaching.